This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million. And this is a podcast where we challenge sexism in the music industry and empower fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. Here's your friendly reminder that we have fun bonus content over on our Patreon, including breaking down our Spotify wrapped and talking about our favorite music that happened last year and our music predictions for this coming year. You can find all that info and join us on Discord over at patreon.com slash name three songs. Or if you just want to give us a tip because you liked this episode, you can do that at paypal.me slash name three songs. So Sarah, what are we getting into today? Today, we are giving our lovely listeners a gift, a present, if you will. We are diverting from semi-normal content to talk about something that I think you guys will be excited we're talking about. You will probably witness my demise at some point in this episode because we are talking fully, we are dedicating a full episode to Larry Stylinson because uh, apparently we like pain and suffering. Well, to be fair, we started this podcast with One Direction A lot of you guys found us because of that. A lot of you guys loved One Direction before. Some of you guys even got into One Direction recently and have been trying to figure out this Larry Stylins and stuff. And somebody recommended this topic to us. So we thought it would be a good idea to break it down or revisit it or just like share our feelings on it or all of the above. Yeah. It's going to be an emotional roller coaster to say the least. Because if you listen to our fan fiction episode with Dr. Judith Vitala a couple of months ago, you already know our personal thoughts and feelings about the Larry Silence and Ship and also some other facts about it. But since that episode kind of focused more on pop punk and a subsection of music and musicians who are okay and encouraged their fans creating real person fanfic based on them, we felt like it was important to talk about this because as you've seen in a lot of recent episodes, we kind of like to dive into these topics of when things go too far and when it stops being all fun and games and when it starts to cause issue within something that was once wholesome and pretty acceptable and just like a normal part of existing, you know, because something going from like a normal parasocial relationship to a completely outlandish one is a very narrow, thin line that sometimes you cross by accident and the next thing you know, you're entering QAnon territory, which is... (laughs) what the problem is and if you go to our patreon we do have a whole episode about conspiracy theories and music and you know something like this ship which is again i keep using language that maybe some people don't know so larry silenson is fans wanting harry styles and louis tomlinson from one direction to be in a couple together that is their fake couple name and ship just means that you really want two people to be in a relationship you're just like wow i need that to happen just for some refresher we're going to be continuously giving some refresher course stuff throughout this episode but figured since we've already used those words multiple times it was good to throw in here so before we dive into all of this we do got to give a shout out to fallon from our patreon because 
because she just mentioned offhand in our Discord server that she could listen to us yell about Larry Silenson all day. And so we took her up on that. <laughs> we were going to do that. But of course, as we always do, we like some primer before we get into the meat of things. Because I think that a lot of what this really comes down to is the 21st century's issue with not understanding that men can be affectionate with their platonic friends. Yeah, and specifically America, because there's other cultures where this is not an issue. Yeah, I mean, as we know, like there are so many European cultures and other cultures where kissing on both sides of the face multiple times as soon as you see people is normal, hugging is normal, you know, like just being affectionate with male friends, like two men being affectionate with each other, even like kissing on the lips is normal in some Middle Eastern countries, etc. So America and also kind of England are just like very much uncomfortable with men being affectionate with each other, which is super cool, right? I mean, it's just funny like talking about this now because the other day my mom was talking about some article or study or something that she saw that was like adult men don't have friends. And there was like a whole SNL skit about taking your husband to like the man park, (laughs) like a dog park, but for men so that they can make friends with each other. Mm -hmm. And it was hilarious because it's so true. And why do men not have friends? Because apparently men having friends is gay. (laughs) Just like when we were, when we were kids. But I mean, like also when we were growing up for a lot of you who are like the same age as Sarah and I, like you probably remember people being like, no homo. I mean, people to this day say no homo, but like, oh, that's so gay and stuff like that. Yeah. Up until like middle school and even beyond hear a lot of that. Yeah. That like super funny Hillary Duff commercial. It's like, when you say that's so gay, do you know what you're (laughs) (laughs) Can't believe Hillary Duff. Changes the role for the LGBTQ community. (laughs) Truly, truly. But yeah, I mean, it's the same thing of like how we've joked on multiple episodes and probably more so just on Patreon about how golf exists for men to go on long walks and talk with their friends and how video games exist so men can sit in their house and talk to their friends and podcasting exists for men who like don't want to admit that they want to play video games but still want to sit in their house and talk to their friends so they just make podcasts. There you go, guys. And this is how our society evolved. Yeah, because men are starving for male-on-male affection. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, like, this is the thing, and this is what always... And, like, I was trying to find an article about this idea specifically, but, again, it's, like, search terms are hard. But it's kind of that thing where when a guy has a girlfriend, their girlfriend becomes kind of their whole entire world because they've never allowed themselves to have an emotional connection before. And so it's, like, that whole thing where some men just don't know how to exist outside of their girlfriends once they've been in a relationship for so long because they're just, like... My male friends don't give me this. And you're like, I cannot be everything for you. (laughs) Y'all, you know, like, we're kind of joking about this stuff, but, like, in seriousness, literally, literally, the American patriarchy has ruined so many people's lives because, in this regard, men are not allowed to exist, like, be humans and express express emotions. Literally. So, if you are a guy that's listening to our podcast, we know that you're probably a bit more evolved than, (laughs) than like, the Joe Rogan type of men, but your Joe Rogan friends probably are aching for you to take some emotional baggage of off of them so just like tell them to be open with you tell them you're there for them they need it but no i mean like this is actually a real thing and there's articles about the fact that america specifically hates 
men interacting with other men because we have like a major homophobia problem in America. And so there were a couple articles about this because, of course, I had to go find some articles, see if any psychologists talk to some journalists who can write about this issue. And so there was a Daily Beast article written in 2017 by Vlad Shatuk called Why Does America Hate Cuddly Bromances? And this article starts with Vlad recounting this time when he took a class, English professor and Catholic writer Anthony Esselin, while Vlad was taking classes at Providence College. And so in this class, Anthony Esselin speaks about the decline of male friendship. And so what Vlad is saying is that he thinks that this Anthony man is misdiagnosing the problem because to him, the culprit is the sexual revolution and the prevalence of homosexuality. And to Vlad, he's like, that's a bit over the top to claim something that ridiculous because he's saying is that the problem isn't homosexuality, but homophobia. And this man is like, no, the problem is, is that people are being too loud about being homosexuals, which is a bit ridiculous because I mean... You know, like (laughs) people are loud about their straight relationships and nobody gets upset about it, really. So the second you're like, oh, they're being too loud about being homosexual. It's like you you just you're just homophobic, sir. Like, yeah, that's what's happening here. You're just trying to like police people that you don't understand. That's the issue. He goes on to say, if it weren't so threatening to seem gay, there wouldn't be a need to police the parents of it so firmly. And then he says the culprit has been giving us the same choice since the latter half of the 20th century seem gay or be lonely (laughs) that so many choose to be lonely show only the depth of our collective gay panic that just really hits the nail on the head of even a hint a whiff of gay and it's like oh can't do that can't do that i'm a man cannot have that and it's literally like i just said adult men do not have friends like this is what it has done to people but if you think about it on the flip side It's like, this is how we've grown up in our society to the point that anytime there like is an ounce of male on male affection, you're like, oh my God. I mean, this is literally what happens with like what we talked about, the pop punk scene and Pete Wentz and Fall Out Mm -hmm. Boy and all of those bands being like, maybe they're a little gay because it's like male affection. You're like, woo, must not be straight. Yeah. It's just this frustrating thing because a lot of girls talk about compulsory heterosexuality, but a lot of boys, it's like they go through their childhood kind of it being somewhat okay for them to be affectionate with their male friends and then the second they reach a certain age all of a sudden it goes from oh if Matt and Josh were holding hands now it went from being fine because they like wanted to be on the same kickball team to oh they want to be on the same kickball team because they're going to kiss under the bleachers and it's like what going from sixth grade to seventh grade changes what it means when two boys are holding hands so they don't get separated in gym class it's crazy also compulsive heterosexuality how come there's a lot of women talking about this and not a lot of men talking about this because they're afraid of being gay they're homophobic Yeah, And they grew up with it and it's ingrained in that. I have a hard time believing that anyone's 100% straight, but I do believe that compulsive heterosexuality conditioned a lot of people to believe yeah. they're 100% straight and therefore men hate other men because men can provide nothing for them. 
Yeah, because I mean, that's kind of seems what the underlying theme is for all of the articles I came across and just everything in general of it's like they're so afraid of teetering into that line that like they don't even want to cross it with friendship, you know, where like, oh, if I let a guy in, maybe I'm going to realize that I like men to some degree because like, as I say, like sexuality is a spectrum. There's so many levels to all of it. And I feel like it always has intrigued me how much more comfortable at least from my experience with my female friends and my male friends of like how much more comfortable my female friends are with admitting attraction to other women than my male friends are to even being able to find a male attractive. It seems like the only man that men are allowed to find attractive is Ryan Reynolds. And I don't understand. I don't understand either. (laughs) I don't get it. So basically, with all this being said, there was this one other article that I do want to mention, which was this article on this site called The Art of Manliness by Brett and Kate McKay, written in 2008. That's called The History and Nature of Man Friendships. And the term. Can I just interject and say <laughs> that man friendships is the funniest way to put this? So funny. So today, guys, we're going to talk about some man friendships. <laughs> That's what this episode's really about. It's like when some parents, when you reach a certain age and they clearly are uncomfortable referring to your female friends as your your girlfriends. So they're like, oh, you're going to go see your gal pals? And I'm like, you can just call them my <laughs> my girlfriends. It's like they don't want to make it gay. Oh, that was funny. I've never heard that one. But yeah, same energy. <laughs> same energy. But the thing that I found so interesting about this is because if you look at like historical photos in history books, or you go to a museum or any of these things, you'll see photos of young boys wearing dresses. You'll see photos of men being very affectionate with each other, just like being a lot closer to each other than you usually would see men in photos together today. You know, like when you see photos of male friend groups on Tinder, you're like, everyone looks uncomfortable being in this image. Whereas like if you look at a photo of a male friend group from like World War One, you're like, maybe they're all kissing afterwards. <laughs> Stop. (laughs) What I'm saying is, is it's like, you know how girls will just kiss their friends because why not? You know, guys used to do that. But then there became all this need to like show that you're masculine and like show that you're not affectionate with your friends and like the fear of being viewed as queer because being queer became known by everyone rather than just being known by men. (laughs) I need a queer historian to come on this podcast and explain exactly when and how this happens because... From the likes of it, it sounds like either some politicians or some marketing people started being like, gay equal bad. Well, so basically what this article was saying, they put this into sections and this main section was like male friendship in the 19th century, so like the 1800s. And so what they're saying is there are several reasons why men were so damn affectionate with each other back in the day. First, men were free to have affectionate man relationships with each other without fear of being called a quote queer because the concept of homosexuality as we know it today didn't exist then. America didn't have the strict straight slash gay dichotomy that currently exists. Affectionate feelings weren't strictly labeled as sexual or platonic. There wasn't even a name for homosexual sex. Instead, it was referred to as, quote, the crime that cannot be spoken. It wasn't until the turn of the 19th century that psychologists started analyzing homosexuality. And when that happened, men in America started to become much more self-conscious about their relationships with their buds and traded the close embraces for a stiff pat on the back. And the man hug was born. (laughs) There we have it, folks. The man hug was born and that gave birth to Larry Stylinson. 
Oh my god, it's so funny. And I just love how it says, and like the most deviant behavior in the 1950s, homosexuality was associated with communism. Oh my you god, heard of here? course, of course it was. <laughs> you heard it here first, comrades. <laughs> oh my god. Like this article makes it sound so simple, but like I really do want to know what fear tactics were yeah, involved with no, this. I mean, you know I, mean? I mean, it's obviously not as simple as that. There was, I feel like yeah. there definitely wasn't just like, a random switch going off one day where like people started studying this but again it's also that thing where if you read about any historical man it's like oh they were single their whole lives and they lived with their close friend and roommate another man you know (laughs) well they even reference that in here and like abraham lincoln doing that and that's why it's called the quote log cabin republican of like (laughs) they shared a bed and it was totally normal and chill or was it yeah there's a lot of levels here of needing to understand that we as a society of young people have grown up with the media explaining and showing us that male-on-male affection can only be construed as gay and i think that's why a lot of us kind of seek it out especially people in the lgbtq community because it's like there's so little of it and when there is it it's always smacking you in the face with gay because it's usually at least again up until recently like any media with gay characters the gay characters were so ridiculously stereotypically gay that it wasn't even relatable for most people because you're like no one is really like this this is a trope on a trope on a trope and so there were no relatable characters there's none of these things and so then when you see people acting in a way that you act with your friends it's really easy and comforting and normal to be like oh maybe it can be more than just friendship and usually if it stops at that or like just stops at like the fan fiction like we talked about in our episode with Judith (laughs) it doesn't cause anybody any pain or suffering or any anything it can help people it can really really help people yeah well i think you like you've made some really good points here and i think this is exactly why the pop punk scene had this whole like fan fiction thing around it is because it's kind of this point that we made before of it's like those artists made it feel like a safe area where it's like if you had those feelings or if you had those questions and you're growing up as a teenager and you're trying to discover yourself you're trying to discover your sexuality it's like you can take comfort and knowing that like just seeing two dudes holding hands is like maybe okay Mm -hmm. like there's comfort in knowing that and it makes sense why that whole scene and that whole thing happened at that time because nobody was really doing that. It was very homophobic, as we've talked about. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's why these real person like fanfic became really big. I mean, as we also said in that other fanfiction episode, Shakespeare was writing real person fiction. Real person fiction has existed forever. You know, this is a thing people do because it's characters you already know, you're already familiar with. So they're easy to write. And I said this on our Patreon bonus episode, but every historical fiction is a real person fan (laughs) fiction, guys. I hate to break it to you. It's all all fiction made up based on maybe some historical people maybe and this beautiful realization of jenna's was brought on because i was trying to explain to her the apple tv show dickinson starring Haley steinfeld about emily dickinson which is one of my favorite tv shows but i just think it's funny because it's like very much historical fan fiction in its finest form but anyway <laughs> i do think it's really really important for you guys to be on the understanding of if you ship Harry and Louis together, we don't hate you. We have nothing against you. You do you. It's totally cool if you believe that they could be in love. I think that there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of evidence to show that there could have been something at some point going on there. Like 
it's really hard to fully disprove this, but it's really hard to fully disprove Pete Wentz and Mikey Way, even though Pete Wentz has been saying since forever that he's definitely not gay because he's afraid of penises. <laughs> and this is why this is one step away from Joe Rogan podcast, because <laughs> because you're like, Joe Rogan brings up some good points. You're like, these Larry Tin Hatters bring up some good yeah, points. But that's how conspiracy theories get you, though, is because there are yeah. good points. Like every conspiracy theory has the one or two points that hook you in and so again like go into this by knowing we are going to be going over a lot of these conspiracy theories we don't want you guys to be like oh well these two women that i trust are telling me about these things we're trying to debunk this (laughs) we're not i mean we're not we're just discussing it really but the thing is is that the reason why we're talking about this as i said when we first started is because this is something that was cute and nice and kind of helping people cope with their own emotions and their own LGBTQ figurings out in their brains. And it turned into something that caused two people who were very close and very affectionate with each other to no longer be able to be around each other in public. They still don't really talk that much. There's still a lot of issues, especially for Louis, because Louis has been very outspoken about how much these rumors have affected his personal dating relationships as well as just like his personal life. Because as some of our listeners pointed out when we asked on our Instagram story what your thoughts were about this, Louis has never been allowed to exist without Harry, whereas Harry has always been allowed to exist without Louis. And as you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a very long time, I'm ride or die Louis Tomlinson fan. I think that he is super talented. He's a super incredible person. He is just like, he's amazing (laughs) in every sense of the word. And the fact that he cannot escape Harry and that he cannot escape the like Larry Stylinson ship, no matter what he does or how much success he has. I think that that just says a lot to what these shippers are willing to like do, even though they're trying to claim that they love these people. Which is wild, considering that Harry's the one who parades a rainbow flag around stage at his shows. Yeah, exactly. And he does not get half the shit that Louis gets. Yeah. And by shit, I just mean comments and stuff like that and like questions and interviews. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, like the fact that Louis is still asked about this and like still made to bring this up in interviews over the years, like nobody's asking Harry anything about his sexuality, anything about Louis in any of these interviews. And I do personally find that very frustrating and also interesting that it's like, The only times you're seeing Harry being questioned about his acts with rainbow flags or anything like that is in op-eds, basically. So just to give a little bit more context to real person fiction, which is also known as RPF, and also tin hatting, we're going to give you guys some more context. So Aja Romano has a few articles about this. We're going to look at one from The Daily Dot in 2012 titled One Direction Fans Have Trouble Separating Their Larry Silence and Fantasy from Reality. And Aja writes... To understand tin hatting, you first have to understand the subset fandom devoted to RPF, or a real person fiction. RPF is a term that designates fan fiction or other fan art devoted to imaginary scenarios about real people. Because of the tenuous relationship between fandom and mainstream culture, RPF is sometimes viewed as scandalous within fandom circles. But as a non-fandom creative trend, it's ancient, and as we said, Shakespeare was doing this. The relevant part of this equation, however, is imaginary. No matter how well-researched 
a story based in real life is, it remains fiction. No matter how much you believe your favorite real life one true pairing, also known as OTP, are in love, you can't will that belief into becoming reality. And so this is like where the line gets messy because putting people together in real person fiction or like fan fiction is fun and cute and like safe if you know that this is something I made up. Yeah. But if you start like, willing this story onto the real human beings, that's when it becomes bad because it is affecting those real human beings as happens with Harry and Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is where you run into issues. And like, this is a lot of like, I've always had a lot of frustration with Larry Shippers because of Tumblr times and Twitter, whatever. But it really, really just fucked with my head when I joined TikTok and I was on One Direction TikTok, which was huge in like all of 2020. And I just kept seeing all this Larry content because One Direction hasn't been together as a band for like five or six years at this point. And so it's just that thing where it's like none of what they're using as evidence is even relevant anymore. But these people are are still picking apart things and like we're going to get into it a bit later on of just the quote-unquote easier topics in which people use to constantly come back to as to how to connect them together mostly about certain colors and their tattoos and these like very easy things that you can like convolute into being something else because you know, we have really good imaginations, us millennials and Gen Zers. So it's really easy to connect dots that aren't there, especially growing up reading as much fiction as most of us had, you know? Yeah. And basically what you're saying is also mirrored in Aja's story here in which they write, when you insist on reading real life events as supporting your ship preferences, you often have to explain why reality isn't playing by your rules. This almost always leads to conspiracy theories and inevitably across all fandoms, these conspiracy theories always look the same. So again, hitting on the conspiracies as we mentioned before. Aja goes on to interview a One Direction fan who told the Daily Dot, quote, this is the kind of shit that used to identify you as a crazy tin hatter, but now it seems to be the majority view of the fandom. The baseline is that Larry Stylinson is together until proven otherwise. The backlash against Harry Louis tin hatters doesn't come from other Harry Louis shippers the way it does in other RPF fandoms. Instead, it comes from Louis Eleanor shippers because tin hatting and shipping are essentially the same thing under the One Direction fandom. There's no real space in this fandom for people who ship Harry Louie in the fictional sense. Mm -hmm. So essentially what they're saying is like typically the Larry tin hatters would be the extremists in the group and then more rational Larry's would be like hey guys tone it down a bit and so this fan is saying that no everyone is the tin hatters in this fandom. Everyone are Larry tin hatters and that the only people who were calling them out were the Eleanor Louis shippers. Yeah. And so for those of you who need more clarification on tin hatting, especially in regards to the Larry Stylinson ship, basically what a lot of these people believe is that management is conspiring to keep them separated and that they don't want them to come out of the closet because it's bad for two people in the same band to be gay, no matter how many of their fans want that to be the case. They also like to talk about how their girlfriends are beards and use the fact that like oh so and so's date so many women because it's hard 
to pretend that you're in a relationship for so long and then saying how somebody like Eleanor, who Louis has been with for years on and off, is hired by management because she's just on payroll and that's why she's around and that's why she's okay with it because of all the perks she gets. And there's also the whole thing about how like, oh, management has them in like a no gay contract and how as soon as tours over, as soon as the contract's up or all these things, like they're going to come out like this is all this stuff and they have all these things. And so there's all these levels to it where they're like, oh, XYZ, XYZ. And so Aja wrote another article about the Larry Silenson ship for Vox in 2016 called Larry Silenson, the One Direction conspiracy theory that rules the internet explained. And in this article, Aja explains that people outside of the shipping fandom part of One Direction fandom would view Larry's as tin hatters, but most Larry's view everybody else's tin hatters because they're saying that it's so obvious that Harry and Louis are in a queer closeted relationship. They're in love, whatever, that everybody else who doesn't believe as such are the delusional ones. They're the ones making up everything. And so this is where this starts to venture into this very unhinged, unhealthy, bordering on dangerous obsession of how much you want this couple to be together, how much you want them to be a real couple. Because again, it starts to affect other fans because they're going to be attacking people who don't believe in them. Because even if you just say one thing where you're like, oh, this isn't a space where I want to talk about that, you're going to get barraged with comments just any time you acknowledge that you don't personally believe that Larry is real. And so it just makes it a very unsavory situation for fans as well as the men involved in the ship. Yeah, because I mean, as far as like reading into like their relationship, their friendship, just like their actions, there's no harm in appreciating or like finding joy in the way they act together, like their friendship. Like that's a huge part of fandom culture is like watching how they interact and having your favorite pairing, OTP as we call it, or like OT5 because you love all of them, whatever it is. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Because of our human nature, it would be hard to not think that there might be something more there beyond friends. And that's okay to think that because we assume thing about people all the time but it's not okay to like project that onto people yeah and be like if this is not true you're wrong or like if you don't think this is true you're wrong because i mean it's the same thing like you can have a completely platonic friend that you think is in love with you it's like that whole thing where like i'm sure at some point in everybody's life you've had people tell you that like one of your close guy friends is in love with you when you know for sure that he's not or you've had other bands where you've been like oh they have such good chemistry i mean again as i talked about in the other fan fiction episode like mcfly had a lot of people shipping like everything was interchangeable ships like everybody had a ship whatever that they liked and i mean they played into it way more than one direct like One Direction never played into the shipping. Like One Direction never talked about it. And if they did acknowledge it, they were like, you guys need to stop. Like they were never happy with it. Like McFly, similarly to Pete Wentz and a lot of those pop punk bands of that era played into it. And it was always just kind of like fun and games because everybody knew that it was fun and games. And this is the issue with the One Direction fandom, particularly the Larry fandom, of them not fully understanding that this is all fun and games. Because if it was just fun and games, we wouldn't need to make a podcast episode about it. We wouldn't need to be like discussing how this can be a dangerous thing. We would just allow people to have fun and read into things if it makes you feel like there's representation in a place that there usually isn't. Because it's good to have representation in places and it's good to sometimes even read into representation because it 
makes you feel like if you're a young LGBTQ kid, that maybe you could be in a boy band one day or whatever the case is, and that it won't cause you pain or anguish if you were to be in a boy band one day or whatever the case may be, you know, because it's just nice to think that there is that possibility. But it's also nice to like know that it's not true. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Yeah, Sarah made a really good synopsis there and now that we've covered a lot of our bases we're gonna get into like the actual details of what went down because maybe some of you guys are still confused like who is Eleanor <laughs> like um so we're gonna actually break some of this down so as Sarah mentioned One Direction didn't really play into this idea of shipping except for the very very early years so as many of you guys know they were on X Factor in 2010 so after X Factor ended they started doing a lot of press tours they would do fan signings in england they came to america they played at like baseball stadiums like really random places i remember that they they came to texas and played at like a baseball stadium did a fan sign anyways so we have a lovely larry silenson fan lore wiki page here (laughs) so i'm gonna give you guys some of the deets since november 2010 harry and louis were also aware that fans were shipping them together and may have played up their friendship in the early years hint in the early years harry said things like my first real crush was louis tomlinson And yes, there is video evidence of that. There's also video evidence that at a fan signing, Harry appeared to nod and smile when a fan asked him if he and Louis were dating. And beyond that, Harry and Louis also lived together at some point between like 2011 and 2012, and they would tweet about each other a lot. And one tweet in particular from Louis said, always in my heart, Harry Styles, yours sincerely, Louis. And this stuff very early on, as we said, this was like 2012. So honestly, just very innocent friends stuff but this was like the embers of the fire (laughs) that just like caught flame after especially like after this tweet i would say and this is the thing though is i think also just coming from the mindset of they grew up in england they probably witnessed mcfly who were like a really big deal they probably witnessed busted who were also a really big deal they probably witnessed their friendships how they talked about each other how they would like kiss each other on stage and all this sort of stuff and they probably were like oh, they do that. We can do that too. No matter how much we read about this or how much I remember from being a fan at this time and everything, like I don't know why there seemed to have been like put a stop to that 
or whatever was happening because they continued to be close like on stage and in interviews and stuff you know like they were always next to each other because they were definitely like best friends in the band you know but the comments that at least I personally have always been used to the bands I listen to making and doing and like acting upon kind of stopped happening after that like first year year and a half of that of One Direction being a band yeah Well, I mean, you bring up an interesting point. It's like, what was the trigger for them to stop? Because like all those other bands, like you talked about McFly and Busted, like they never had a problem with it. They never like said anything. They never said like you're going too far with it. Mm -hmm. And was it that their fandoms were smaller? So it was more manageable because that was a smaller subset of fandom. Mm -hmm. Is it that the One Direction fandom was so much bigger and so many more people read into this and played into the lariness of it? Like, was somebody uncomfortable? Maybe, like, were those other band members and, like, the other bands more comfortable with it for whatever reason? And for some reason, someone in One Direction or team was, like, uncomfortable by it? So... Obviously, I only have like a personal rebuttal to this because there's no uh, factual answer to this. But I mean, from my knowledge or whatever, like McFly was older, Busted were older, Fall Out Boy were older, Panic at the Disco were older, One Direction were children. Mm. Like they were quite young and therefore their fan base was quite young. So I think also it's like what is and isn't a quote unquote appropriate because of like how the music industry works, which is, again, a topic we talk about quite a lot of like what you should and shouldn't be saying, because sometimes, as we've said, when you're quite young, you don't really have the frontal cortex of your brain isn't formed enough to like fully understand that Harry saying, oh, my first real crush was Louis Tomlinson is a joke. Like you might not fully be able to wrap your mind around that. And so you automatically are going to be like having a very different mindset than the people who are listening to McFly and want like Tom and Harry to be together you know because it's very it's very different age wise and like understanding wise of what these things mean and I think also it's just like when you're supposed to be kind of a quote-unquote child-friendly x-factor band especially again in that first year there probably are certain things that you're not supposed to be doing or catering towards you know because you don't want to as Harry likes to joke now this is a family show it was a family show you know like that's what it was yeah I'm just wondering if it was like fandom was literally so out of control that Harry and Louis themselves were uncomfortable even by the fanfic idea of it or if it was their management being like you guys need to chill but not in a like you need to chill because we know you're actually gay in a you need to chill because like this is so out of control like we can see that it's bothering you yeah well I mean starting in 2012 Louis was talking about how he wanted fans to stop talking about their quote-unquote relationship anytime he was stopped by paparazzi or anybody could like shove a microphone in his mouth and ask him about it so obviously 2012 there's still a band they're at the height of their career you know it's clearly affecting him from the jump and I think also is because he's older so he has more of an understanding he like gets it more of what's going on and so while Harry's 15 or 16 Louis like 18 19 you know and so he is more mature in a lot of senses but also might be more ready and willing to be dating and doing these things and so having this follow you around especially when you're like in your late teens so like let's say louis like 18 and he's dating 17 year old girls like what 17 year old girl is not going to feel a bit self-conscious about everybody thinking that your boyfriend's dating one of his band members you know so that yeah like yeah and also when you're at that age like those age increments make such a big deal yeah 
like your development wise, the difference between a 15 year old and an 18 year old was like so much. And so it does make sense that like, cause, cause we know like Louis has always been sensitive about this and yeah. he's always been questioned about it the most. And he's always given the biggest reactions about it. And I think that's why people continue to ask him because he gives big reactions about it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that is true. Like he was older, so it probably bothered him more. And I think also it's almost like we talked about with the Spice Girls, like they came, they became a sensation overnight. Yeah. Like the One Direction, cause we hadn't had a popular boy man in America literally since like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, like the early 2000s. Yeah. And it was just like a craze. It was like the boy band craze. It was like boy band back again, like One Direction. I just remember how crazy it was. And so I think they became so famous, like so fast. And I think the Larry component of it blew up really quickly too. Like the Larry component of 1D fandom was a huge, huge part of it. Like mm-hmm. I would say more than half, definitely more than half. I would, I mean, I would say more than like two thirds of the fandom were like, not necessarily like Larry Tin Hatters, but at least like Larry supporters yeah. or like liked their friendship or whatever. And so probably it did get really out of control really fast. Yeah, definitely. Because as we said, there definitely was chemistry between them whatever that may mean you know like they definitely had a very close relationship you could tell that they liked being around each other and that they were close friends and I mean again like we said there's such a problem especially in America but also in England of male-on-male affection not being normal something that is kind of to be laughed at or pointed at or gawked at you know and so seeing something that you're not used to but you want to be seeing more of you're gonna read into it but on top of that there were these tiny things and we're going to be going through like a couple of things on this just to give you guys some examples of how unhinged these conspiracies would go in order for these Larry shippers to make the narrative fit into what worked for them because as the guys got older the things that they had to disprove became more ridiculous to have to disprove but I mean like there were quote-unquote easy things like I mentioned earlier like they all had colored microphones so Louis always had blue microphones and Harry had green ones and so they had those were their colors and so people will correlate blue and green to Harry and Louie and they will use that as leverage of things as well as there's lots of conversation around tattoos that they have specifically a ship tattoo that Harry has and an anchor tattoo that Louie has and people saying how ship and anchors usually go together and so these are two pieces of the same tattoo as well as Harry's anatomical heart tattoo and Louie's dagger tattoo and correlating those with each other and so people are grasping at straws a little bit (laughs) in regards to these things where they're like something that mean things to themselves personally you know but people are connecting dots that are not there to be like, oh, like these have to do with each other. This is them acknowledging that they're connected to each other forever through matching tattoos or utilizing certain colors or what have you. Yeah. Um, another example, another tattoo example was Harry has the high tattoo and Louis has one that says oops and fan lore is that those were the first two words that they ever said to each other. And so just to like give some context to like a few more examples in paper mag, we have an article called a brief history of Larry Silenson by Brendan Davis in 2015, in which Brendan says that sometimes fans go as far to claim that Styles and Tomlinson are married and have been since September 28, 2013. 
2018. Hashtag two years of Larry married was trending worldwide on Twitter. Um, fans point to some posts from Ed Sheeran, who tweeted, quote, my best friend is getting married today around the time of the state, as well as Harry himself tweeting, we don't need no piece of paper from the city hall, which could only mean one thing, wedding bells. And then Brendan Davis goes on to screenshot this hilarious tumblr post that i'll just give you guys a taste of in case you need a refresher or you weren't on tumblr fandom culture yourself definitely brought up some memories for me but this post it's a text post it says guys like shit is seriously going down in larrytown in, in all caps here are some of the examples they've been sitting beside each other so fucking much placing them next to each other even on live lounge sitting next to each other on the yet to be released grimy interview actually responding to things the other says on camera saying they wrote a song together publicly. News articles out the asshole dropping Larry. Mother jumping rainbow bears being at the same fucking place Louie is, like, question mark. And we're going to unpack the rainbow bears in a second here. <laughs> Nothing extravagant about Baby Gate coming to the surface. Brie Brie getting outed for that fake-ass picture. Supposedly having and implying they basically had sex in a motherfucking airplane. Fonding over each other. Fond and fond and more fond. <laughs> this... This is the mind of a teenage girl on Tumblr who is very deep in fandom. (laughs) This is so unhinged. Some of this, like, it sounds like it should be in a diary. (laughs) But this is how fandom and stuff like this becomes so popular because everyone's feeding off of it. It's like, what should stay in the drafts? What should be a diary entry is now on the internet for other people to, like, reaffirm. But also the funny thing about this is when these kids who don't understand how journalism works or anything of that regard are like new articles mentioning Larry. It's like, yes, because people who were One Direction fans are old enough to work at places like The Sun, et cetera, et cetera. And if somebody is trending, you can turn anything into an article. So if like Harry Styles or Louis Tomlinson is having tons of Google search hits that day, you can literally be like, hey guys, I want to write this article about shipping and that your editor is going to say yes because they know that it will bring traffic to the site. It has nothing to do with like management, like loosening the reins on the allowance <laughs> of Larry to be public. It just has to do with somebody like me being bored at work and being like, hey, Mr. Editor, sir, Louis Tomlinson is trending on Twitter. Can I please write this article about how he and Harry are secretly in love? And he'd be like, do you have resources? And I'd be like, yes, I do. And he'd be like, Twitter. Okay. Also, just the one that says actually responding to things the other says on camera. (laughs) It's called having a conversation, folks. But at this point, like at this point in time, like Larry was so closely watched by the fandom that it's like it got to a point where they rarely interacted. Yeah. It was so obvious. Like, I remember this, too. And so it's like, it was so obvious to the point that, like, maybe it was a big deal if they did make remarks to each other because you're like, oh, my God, like, they're never allowed to talk to each other anymore. Yeah, because like I said earlier, like, Louis has been saying that he doesn't like this since 2012. And so just to interject into us going into, like, the Larry of it all, I would love to give Louis a voice in this conversation. So in 2012, there was this article by Rochelle Wheeler on The Mirror where she 
is quoting an interview that Louis did with Tumblr's storyboard. Because I guess in 2012, Louis was doing interviews with Tumblr. I don't know what's going on there. But basically, he took the opportunity to plead for the reports of him and Harry being in a relationship to stop. And so Louis said, and I quote, This is a subject that was funny at first, but now it's actually hard to deal with as I am in a relationship. Me and Harry are best friends. People look into our every move. It is actually affecting the way me and Harry are in public. Louis goes on to say, We want to joke around, but there seems to be a different rumor every time we do anything. I act the same way with Harry as I do any of the other boys. And if you watch any videos, him and Zane were just as close. Like they were all super on top of each other, always loving on each other, being super close, you know, and it's not a big deal. Deal, but like people really read into his relationship with Harry and the fact that he in 2012 is like, please stop. Let us be friends. And people didn't. And then going on to like years later, once the band's no longer together, of like him still in interviews, having to acknowledge this is just really upsetting. Yeah. I mean, he blatantly said like asked people to stop. Yeah. And they didn't. So that's not really respecting the person that you look up to so much. Yeah. So now this takes us to RBB and SBB, also known as Rainbow Bondage Bear and Sugar Baby Bear, which several of you asked us to explain and talk about from our Instagram story. I had no idea. I literally had no idea what this was, <laughs> but I found a very insightful Tumblr post, and so I will enlighten you all. Sarah, do you remember this? I know what this is, but I did not know just how unhinged and how convoluted and conspiratory these bears were. Like, I just thought that they were something cute that the boys did. I didn't realize that this was like a whole fucking thing. Yeah. Okay. So this Tumblr post is from a user called Louie and the Alien. So thank you, Louie and the Alien, for this beautiful explainer. So during the Where We Are tour, a rainbow, like, Build-A-Bear teddy bear was thrown on stage by a fan at one of the shows and it showed up a few days later with electrical tape over it to make it a bondage bear the bear then got its first twitter account which was literally advertised next to it during the show with a sign saying follow at bondage bear 1d so a lot of the pictures that went up were like the bear partying and doing like really random dumb bullshit things but one of the first photos like had a reference to judy garland and judy garland is a famous gay icon and so someone was saying that being a friend of Judy or like a friend of Dorothy was code for saying that you were gay. And thus the bears already have a gay reputation. (laughs) So a few days after the Judy Garland tweets, the Twitter account got suspended and the bears didn't appear for the rest of the tour. But then that takes us to the bears reappearing on Wendy's last tour on the road again. Okay, so basically this entire tour, the bears appear in different outfits. Sometimes they have glasses on, sometimes they like are reading books and they're taped up on like scaffolding on the stage, like on the actual stage. So fans are like actively looking for them, actively tweeting about them. It's a whole thing. And sometimes the bears are also like pictured reading books and it's always gay references, always. And so then eventually there becomes a smaller bear that joins the crew known as sugar baby bear they're dressed in various different costumes like a lot of them so fans started to question like who is putting all the money into like dressing these (laughs) bears like who is carrying them around who is tying them to the scaffolding is it the boys is it the crew at one point there was even a text number associated with the bear it was like posted on a cardboard sign at the concert and then was later tweeted that 
this number got over 12,000 messages in a very short period of time. Basically, nobody knew who was behind it, but it was like a huge conversation. Lots of people thought it was their drummer, Josh Devine, but he denied it. And then the boys were actually asked about it in an interview and they all kind of like brushed it off. They were like, uh, yeah, I guess that's a thing. And Harry was like, oh, I think like it's one of the crew members. And Liam was like, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. So like nobody was admitting to anything. Nobody was admitting to even knowing it. The thing about this is just coming from experience of going on tour myself and like (laughs) having friends who tour and like knowing how these things work, things get thrown up on stage all the time, like so, so often. And when you're on arena tours like that, the crew is fucking huge. And while the guys might know everybody, they probably aren't friends with everyone. They probably don't know all the inner workings of what's going on within the crew and stuff. So like there could be multiple people messing around with this just for entertainment because, you know, there's these people who like have to put up the lights every night, have to do these things because they aren't people who work at the venues. These are people who tour with big acts like this. And so they could just be trying to entertain themselves and keeping things fun and funky fresh every day on tour, you know, and playing into things because that's the other thing is it's like sometimes the people who are on tour with you are fans of your band or are aware of things. And so it's just like, if you're seeing fans having a bit of extra fun with something, you might go a bit over the top with what you're doing with this kind of prank you feel like you're playing, where you're going to be doing things with imagery and certain things just because you're like, oh, well, they're eating it up, so might as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, as I was like reading this, it just sounds like people who are messing around for like the pure entertainment value of it and like new fans are feeding into it. And so they kept doing it. Yeah. So at one point in the tour, they're are like these stickers that because there's two bears now there's like a smiley face sticker that like appears on the shoe of the bear of each bear and one is green and one is blue and do you remember what green and blue stand for harry and louis louis and harry (laughs) (laughs) yeah so literally just adding fuel to the fire honestly guys there's a lot more that happens but as tumblr user louis and the alien points out some really crazy stuff starts happening (laughs) This Tumblr user writes, The next big thing is the countdown that started on October 20th on the Twitter. The Bears stopped appearing at the shows. On October 22nd, One Direction canceled their first show ever, 30 minutes after they were supposed to go on stage. It was claimed that Liam got sick, but basically people were doubting this because they were like, well, we've seen them be sick before and still perform, so why would they cancel? But that night, the perfect music video drops out of nowhere, and at 2 a.m., Louis tweets about, and probably actually leaks, according to this Tumblr user, the song Home, which was not included on Made in the AM. Lyrics have been interpreted to be about realizing one's sexuality and then finding someone who understands them as well. So you guys also asked us to explain the home thing. So in addition to these bears, home was accidentally leaked by Spotify early and then they took it down and decided not to like put on their album or anything. But yeah, the lyrics are like, you can guys can look them up on YouTube and find the lyrics, but they will be linked um, in the show notes. And I will tell you now that um, we listened to this and I was like, Jenna, this is pretty fucking gay. Um, <laughs> I personally, maybe my brain has turned to mush from being on TikTok for two years straight, but I do not know how to read the song as not LGBT. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know. So basically the song references a her and then it references a you. And so like the gender of the you is unknown. And this is why people think that it could be a Larry Salinson song. I mean, like, I think the Larry, well, it also doesn't help who's singing which parts. Like that's not helping the situation at all. (laughs) 
They like they you know what they really should have hired like a fan expert to proof everything to make sure that it could not be Larry Five. Literally though. Literally, because like the lyric video, which will be linked in our show notes, they show you who's singing each line, and I'm like, you needed to have mixed this up a little bit more. Like you needed you need to not have done that. But this was also like I don't even understand because like on Made in the AM, Louie has more solos, but like on the song, it's like back to day one where Louie just gets like the three random lines in the song that like connect too closely to Harry's lines. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, why? But this is the other thing. It's like if their management was really trying so fucking hard to make people not want to think that Larry's real and that there's so much going on behind the scenes to make sure that nobody ever finds out that Harry and Louie are secretly married and have a white picket fence and two and a half kids, you know, they would not have allowed that to happen. And that's the thing is it's like no matter how gay this song sounds, no matter how much it can line up to seem like hints, it's like if there was really all these fucking inner workings going on, these two would not be singing back to forth lyrics that make it feel even gayer. Yeah, absolutely. Case in point. But so that is one of the first like very big, crazy, ridiculous conspiracy theories that people are trying to connect dots that don't exist, make a mountain out of a molehill sort of situation. But my personal favorite out of all the conspiracy theories is baby gate baby gate is my grassy knolls i remember where i was when this happened specifically 2016 buzzfeed article written by ellie woodward titled there's a wild conspiracy theory that louis tomlinson's baby is fake and this conspiracy theory is so unhinged this article is so unhinged there are so many pieces of quote-unquote evidence. There are so many graphs and images and just so much stuff going on in this article that this blew my mind for two weeks. I would not stop talking about it to anybody who would listen to me because it was the craziest, most insane thing that I had ever seen happen. So basically... What was going on here? For those of you who don't know, Louis Tomlinson got this random girl named Brianna pregnant in 2015. They went on like one or two dates. She was like a hairstylist or a makeup artist who was connected to some people that Louis knew and he got her pregnant. And once it came out that she was pregnant, I was like, personally, I was like, this feels like some bullshit just because say my mind based off of everything I know about groupies and musician history and all this stuff. Girls are usually paid off. They're usually paid off to get an abortion or they're paid off to keep their mouth shut. Nobody finds out about this kid until the kid is old enough to be like, I want a paternity test or whatever's going on here. You know, they're told that their dad's somebody else. Whatever the case is, Liv Tyler, I'm yeah. looking at you. Yeah, I was. that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> like, this is not a very common thing to happen, especially with somebody like Louie, who had been in like a very long term relationship with this girl, Eleanor, for a couple years. And this was like, I think the first breakup that they ever had had. And to just like randomly get another girl pregnant, it felt very suspect. It was really weird. Also, just coming from somebody who was working at a gossip news website at the time, the first girl in the photos of Brianna has a completely different face than all the photos of Brianna since. But I think she probably just got a nose job. Like, who wouldn't when you have that Louis Tomlinson? baby daddy money you know (laughs) for real 
And I feel like that point is also proven because in most photos of her after the fact, like she's always wearing like a big hood and like kind of hiding her face. And I don't think it's because she doesn't want to be photographed. I think it's because her face was healing. Mm. But again, people are using this as proof that this is all a big lie because people are saying like, oh, she's always obscured in photos. You never really know what she looks like because it's always a different woman because none of this is real. And it's just like so unhinged. It's so unhinged. Yeah, this this article, there's literally photos being like, she didn't take this photo. This other YouTuber took this photo, which like, I really, I honestly, I don't know what to think about that. If, if, if you, <laughs> some of this stuff, I'm like, if you ever want to have a good time with your friends, go read this article and turn it into a drinking game. It is yeah. so much fun. This article is so ridiculous to the point where they're picking apart photos of Louis with baby freddy who is the baby that brianna had which louis fathered saying how the baby is photoshopped into the image it's not real he's missing tattoos or he has tattoos that he wouldn't have had at the time that these photos were taken people were putting photos of louis with the baby photos of louis with brianna through these websites and apps that supposedly would tell you if a photo had been photoshopped or if it was real they were going above and beyond to try and prove that either this baby wasn't really louis this baby was a doll that was being carried around this was just all existing to stop people from saying that Harry and Louis were together. None of it was real, but then they're also saying that Brianna's a surrogate for Harry and Louis. Like, there were just so many layers to this baby gate conspiracy that I don't even know. I remember people saying that Brianna didn't really have the baby because when they left the hospital, she was carrying the baby carriage to the car and they were like somebody who just gave birth wouldn't be able to carry a baby carriage to a car. They would be in a wheelchair which I have nothing to weigh in on that. I just like, that's what I remember from this whole baby game. It's also like, you don't know how long she's been in the hospital. You don't know what's going on here. But I mean, even still to this day, like if you see a photo of Freddie, Freddie is very clearly their son. This boy looks like her and looks like him. And he mainly lives in LA with his mother, but he comes to England for Christmas sometimes. And he's been photographed with Louis' family. And it's like, this child is like seven at this point. And people still think he's not real. And this is, again, what we're saying of it's like, they're literally causing, they're going to cause harm to a child. Because at some point, a kid is going to make a friend in elementary school or middle school who's going to have Googled their parents, who's going to know these things, and is going to say something. And it's like, this is when these things become really detrimental because it's like this kid who is so clearly loved by his father, who so clearly looks like his father, could potentially come home from school one day and be like, Mom, Dad needs to take a paternity test because my friend said that they read this thing online and it said that they think that I'm fake or whatever the case yeah. is. And it's like, that's so messy. And like, you will see some people who at least have some common sense where they won't talk about Freddie or whatever the case is. But it's still just like everything you're doing is going to cause harm to this kid. And it's it's just so messy. It's so crazy. And so there's countless conspiracy theories, things to do with album artwork, merchandise, you name it, there's a conspiracy around it. Every single thing that Harry or Louis has ever put out, even more so Louis, like Louis cannot do a single fucking thing without people connecting it to Harry. But Harry, on the other hand, can put things out without people connecting it to Louis because Harry has some autonomy from Louis Tomlinson, whereas Louis has absolutely no autonomy from Harry. So any chance that people get to connect things that Louis is doing to Harry, they take it. They read between the lines. They do whatever they can. Whereas Harry, there needs to be more concrete evidence to connect him to Louis. And I just think it's unfair. Well, also, the context that you're talking about is since 1D hiatus. Yeah. 
So let's be clear, the questioning and the lyrics and the merchandise, all of these things that Sarah just mentioned, this is all post 1D. This is all Harry and Louis having separate careers and everything is still being read into it. This is all Harry and Louis having separate lives, like very, very separate lives. Like Harry has had countless girlfriends. Louis's been with Eleanor through most of this and people are still just like, oh, Eleanor and Louis are never in the same place. It's like, yeah, Louis's been writing an album. Louis's been doing his own stuff. They don't need to be together all the time. Well, I mean, even to the point where Zayn's very first interview post leaving One Direction was with Fader Magazine and he was literally asked about this. And Zayn said, there's no secret relationships going on with any of the band members. It's not funny and it still continues to be quite hard for them. They won't naturally go put their arms around each other because they're conscious of this thing going on, which is not even true. They won't do that natural behavior. So it's like Zayn, who, as we know, hates One Direction with a fiery passion, is literally out here defending Louis and Harry as like autonomous people calling this out as fake bullshit. Yeah. It's just like people are so convinced they won't stop and they're literally disrespecting the people that they claim to look up to yeah and i mean just to even explain a bit more it's like people who are outside of this larry fandom but are aware of it most quote-unquote normal people outside of this idea as we said in the beginning, are very used to real person fiction and people shipping same-sex relationships between real people. Like, people are used to this being a part of fandom culture. It's normal. And so in 2019, with the HBO show Euphoria, the show featured a Larry fan fiction animated sequence. In this Guardian interview with Louis Tomlinson by Amin Sanner in September of 2019, they asked Louis about the fact that this was included. And so, like before, it's like, the people who made Euphoria could have just been like, oh, this is like a pop culturally relevant. They might not know how much this affects them because to them, it's just like, oh, this could be a normal part of fandom. Again, I don't know because I don't know if they're a Larry Shipper or not, but in their mind, it could have just been like a pop culture thing to include in a TV show, you know? And so Louis even acknowledges that by saying, I know culturally it's interesting, but I'm just a bit tired of it. And he goes, again, I get the cultural intention behind that, but I think it just felt a little bit, no, I'm not going to lie. I was pissed off. It annoyed me that a big company would get behind it. And so the fact that this is still affecting him, he still has to talk about this in 2019. I mean, even in 2017, when he talked to the son, he still is saying how the lariness of everything is affecting his relationship with Eleanor. He said in this, I've never actually been asked about it directly. It's a funny thing. It kind of happened naturally for me and Harry because a certain amount of the fans drew up this conspiracy. When it first came around, I was with Eleanor and it actually felt a little bit disrespectful to her. And she's still my girlfriend now. I'm so protective over things like that about the people I love. So it created this atmosphere between the two of us, meaning him and Harry, where everyone was looking into everything we did. It took away the vibe you get off anyone. It made everything, I think, on both fences a little bit more unapproachable. I think it shows that it was never anything real, if I can use that word. And so that's what's so upsetting is because they had such a close friendship and they had to be like, Louis in 2017, two years after One Direction goes on hiatus, is being like, what was going on between us was nothing real. It was just friendship. There was nothing more to it. There's no more weight behind this. And it's just so upsetting that he's still asked about it. He still has to talk about it. It's still affecting his life. I just don't understand how we don't have any quotes from Harry about this. I bet he was asked about it, but like chose not to comment. But like even then, I feel like we would have interviews that say like, oh, we asked about XYZ and he chose not to comment. Harry is big enough to literally show up at interviews with his management already giving people sheets of questions that cannot be asked. 
And I think that while Louis is still very famous, he's not as famous as Harry. And so I think that he just has to put up with it because people are going to be like, well, if we can't ask about Harry, we're not going to interview him. That is so crazy. I remember all this stuff going down and my friend was asking me, like, do you really think that they stopped being friends because of the fandom? And I said no, because at the time I was like, how could they stop being friends because of the fandom? But like now that I'm older, this is exactly how. Yeah, because it must cause like, I mean, obviously it caused so much emotional strain, you know, and I think just based off of Harry's persona that he has, especially now, like I think it would have been really detrimental to just Louis's mental health if he and Harry had stayed close because they'd be like oh look Harry's trying to come out and like if Louis was going to his shows and like they were hanging out openly and all this stuff it would just be so much easier to create rumors and have articles being written about all the things that they're doing because Harry is so flamboyant and how he acts and Louis is still just kind of like this scruffy guy from Doncaster who just fucking loves music and making his fans happy. With all that being said I mean like it's just upsetting because Fans who enjoyed their friendships to a very normal amount didn't get to continue to watch them grow and flourish and support each other super publicly because all this was happening. It was affecting both of their mental health, especially Louis, because Louis is the only one who's openly really spoken about it. And again, like we've said countless times, I mean, there's no harm in reading Harry and Louis fanfic. There's no harm in getting joy from watching the compilations of like them hugging and like being silly with each other. As long as you as a sane person, which like you listen to our podcast and you already listened to our other fan fiction episode, there's no way at this point that you are are not part of the normal quote unquote side of these things where it's like you know how to differentiate fact from fiction and like as long as you can do that there's no harm in wanting them to be together or wishing that they were you know because it it just brings you some sort of solace or joy and you can get joy out of whatever you want guys so don't think that we're like oh we're gonna hate you now because you you ship Larry just be hinged about it (laughs) which like which feels really simple because like Jenna and I personally have had so many conversations where like I've sent her text being like this thing feels too gay i don't know how to feel about this but i've never slipped into the conspiracy level of things but like there are certain things where i'm like i can see where they're coming from i can see it (laughs) as long as you touch some grass and your feet are firmly planted on the ground i think we'll be okay yeah i think so and again the main takeaway from all of this is is it's like just have fun don't hurt people and when you see the people that you have parasocial relationships with being hurt because of things that your friends or other part of the fandoms are doing just try and educate people try and wake them up as much as you can you know do whatever you can because i feel like there are so few cases of things getting this out of hand the fact that this happened is just something that is probably going to be case studied for years to come Come. forever well i was just thinking about it too because it's like why did it get so out of hand and i think as i was mentioning early in the episode of them as a boy band blew up so quickly and like we hadn't had anything like that for so long mm-hmm. that to put it one way it's like our generation was like starving for man friendship <laughs> we were starving to see some man friendship that it just like went overboard yeah 100 percent for you guys what are your thoughts 
I'm feeling about all of this because I, we really are like very curious to hear either side of the coin because I mean like if you are of sane mind Larry Shipper and you want to talk to us about how you can do that I would love to hear from you because I don't know anybody except for Michaela who's part of our Patreon who is like normal about it who's just like I just love it it's fun I just don't understand how people can get into the stuff after it already happened yeah to me I like it wouldn't be entertaining to me because it's like over yeah so if you have any shipping stories or any thoughts or feelings about anything we talked about today head on over to twitter or instagram slide in our dms over there we'd love to chat more with you we are at name three songs on all social media platforms if you have any personal beef or would like to discuss the buzzfeed Babygate story with me you can come chat with me at sarah underscore fagan or if you want more information about some tie-dyed bears jenna now is the number one expert i'm the resident expert so you can yes. go chat with her at Jenna underscore million. So thanks for joining us this week on Name Free Songs. Until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, never too cool to listen to Walls by Louis Tomlinson. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit namefreesongs.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.